Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery. With November being Career Month in Canada, we're going to continue with this series, Careering Talk, today. Careering Talk is an open mic series to empower job and career seekers with knowledge, insights, career pathing, and coaching to find that dream job and develop a career with purpose and impact. Our topic today is preparing yourself for your first year-end performance as a student or a new grad with my guest today, Chase Harder. Chase Harder is a 2019 Goodman School of Business at Brock graduate from with a Bachelor of Business Administration in Information Systems and Information Technology. Chase has a number of experiences to his name, including being a guest lecturer in data analytic, sorry, data analysis, professional selling, and international business courses at Humber College, a sole proprietor for the computer prof a quality control coordinator for Gen Z integrated marketing, a property manager and a business partner for Nirvana Enterprises, which is a real estate acquisition and management company, and his most recent automation analysis uh, position with RBC. In his spare time, Chase enjoys cooking, martial arts, and exploring the great outdoors with his girlfriend, Aruna. Aruna, I hope I'm saying that right, along with their puppy and pal, Sherlock. Chase, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, that was the the correct pronunciation. But uh, thank you so much for hosting me on your wonderful podcast. And um, I'm glad we're, we were able to arrange this delightful episode. Me too. Me too. I'm so excited about the topic and can't wait to get going. So let's um, start with those few rapid fire questions. Uh, if someone, what do, what do you think your superpower? Uh, for my superpower, I would say the most, I have, I have quite a few, but I would, uh, I would say the most recent superpower that I've been focusing on is identifying ways to take control of my environment to work in my favor, or even for my team's favor, um, rather than against me. So recently I've read some books over the, this previous year that helped me with this superpower, including James Clear's Atomic Habits, and also Marie Kondo's book on uh, tidying up your your environment called the life changing magic of tidying up the Japanese art of decluttering and organizing. So I highly suggest you readers take a or you uh, listeners take a uh, a gaze at those books. I highly suggest them. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, cat or dog? Um, although I don't have a cat, I and I have three dogs. I don't discriminate. Um, I <laughs> I do love both. Okay, so animal lover overall, then I I guess. <laughs> yes, overall, I even love reptiles. I know that one's uh, a little bit uh, off-putting for some. <laughs> I love that, love that. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Uh, recently, I've been focusing on family day, actually. Uh, just taking that day to connect with your distant loved ones or even your immediate loved ones uh, to maintain a strong connection for the people that you care about. Um, I truly do um, make sure that I take that full day to really connect with everyone that I care about. Nice. That's a great, great holiday and a great way to reflect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, another question. What is the best compliment you've ever received? So compliment wise, I couldn't really think of, uh, I can't really think of an answer, but any sort of validation that my intention or work um, has influenced someone positively is the, my, I guess, my most appreciated form of a compliment. Uh, so whether it's direct feedback, um, or simply observational evidence. Um, the the most recent uh, example of this is I had a contractor come into my my condo for a project. He was setting up some automate some I guess some curtains that were electrical powered, 
and mm-hmm. he noticed a a picture of me from back in 2015. Um, and back then I was actually, I was about 110 pounds heavier than I, I currently am. So he didn't, he didn't really know who I, who that was in the image. So I told him it was me. And then we started talking about a few different topics on like mental health discipline and, uh, how to take control of your situation to work in your favor. Um, and by the end of the contractor's project, he just asked me like, what was the sort of simple, the, the one and done, uh, I guess the secret formula for, for losing my weight. And I just told him to think of a goal and do one thing to achieve that goal tonight, but do it right. Um, next time I saw him was actually a month later. And he told me that he reconnected with his uh, ex-wife and his son after seven years of separation, uh, that night. And now they're trying to rebuild their relationship. So I, I found that that was the most, the best thing that I could, uh, that I could receive in just to, to validate that my intention is actually helping the people around me. Wow. Wow. I just got chills from that story. That is so impactful. And, you know, just by having that conversation and sharing some thoughts and what a powerful, powerful situation and what an impact you had, not just on him, but on his whole family with, with that, just getting maybe kickstarted again in the right direction. Um, that is fantastic. And, and congratulations too on your own self accomplishments there as well. It's um, it's 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 really uh, really wonderful. Uh, thank oh, you for sharing that. Thank you. And uh, yeah, the one thing that I think about with this story is just uh, just thinking about what if I didn't entertain the conversation. So um, again, to the audience and anyone out there, if you ever have uh, any sort of story that you may be holding back that could help someone in a situation, even yourself through multiple level in, of insights through that story. Uh, feel free to, you know, engage, entertain that idea of that conversation. Uh, it could go a long ways. And it also goes back to respect of people, right? And treating everyone with respect and dignity and listening and, and engaging because, you know, someone might just ignore their contractor in their house and just go on with what they're doing. But look at how that story transfolded um, with the idea that you made that connection and um, and had that impact. So big big insights and lessons on that story thank you again for sharing that um no maybe on a, a little bit more of a not that that wasn't fun but on a fun note um what do you have a favorite smell coffee i i love a brewed <laughs> cup of coffee in the morning or a brewed cup of tea at night uh, i just find it to be the crucial cog in my morning and night ritual that sets the tone for all the events that follow Thank you for sharing that. I, I really, okay, I'm going to be honest. I really struggle because I changed up some of these rapid fires that I figured about eight months in on this podcast. And I, I thought of this one because we always look about different, um, senses, right? And we think about sight and hearing and, um, and smell is another one and taste and all that. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to see. And, 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 uh, and as soon as you say it, the coffee and the tea, I can actually sense that. Right. And I I've experienced that. So it's one of those questions where like, it could go many different ways, but I thought, what the heck I'll throw it in. And, and, uh, I agree so much with you. The morning cup of coffee smells so good brewing. So thank you for, for sharing it, um, as well. Um, okay. So let's jump into, let's jump into the meat of it. So, um, I was telling you, I recently read an article in the wall street journal which was entitled the 10 performance review preparation tips by a gentleman named anthony de rosa 
Um, and it, what really grabbed me were some of his key points that I just wanted to highlight here before we jump into your thoughts. Um, Anthony pointed out a few insights that I thought were worth sharing. Um, one was understand that this is a two-way conversation. Don't get defensive, be open to feedback and other suggestions for how you can improve. His second point was be specific about what you have contributed to your employer. His third point was get feedback from your colleagues, which is also super important when you kind of think of a 360 review as it, it's part of your overall performance year. Um, he also said, use your goals or responsibilities as a guide to measure your performance. Highlight any training you have undertaken or new skills you have learned and share how you manage to adjust to those challenges. And finally, work with your manager to set goals. So as I was reading this article in preparation for today's conversation with you, and I know you've put a lot of thought and, and uh, insights and, and work into this conversation for today to share with our audience. I thought that was a good uh, kind of maybe starting point just to share with uh, the audience. And um, I know you as a recent grad and having a year-end performance re review um, as a student at a new hire, you have your own lived experiences. So could we maybe jump in and would you be willing to share some insights from your perspectives? Absolutely. And uh, firstly, what a wonderful resource to share to your audience. Um, Anthony DeRosa of the Wall Street Journal, he, he simplifies many career management topics for anyone who hasn't uh, heard of him. Um, just to highlight the essentials for people in a quick digestible format. So I highlight, I highly recommend that anyone listening to uh, take a search uh, to search within the Wall Street Journal uh, website, search for Anthony DeRosa and read some of his pieces along with the one that was highlighted um, by Brian just now. Um, but yeah, of course, I would love to share my perspective on this. Um, I, I myself, as being a recent grad um, and doing my going through my first performance review ritual with my manager, um, I was an extremely nervous and extreme. I felt extremely lost going into my performance review. Um, I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of questions and uh, I just basically asked people around me and I dug into some research to get some other insights from people outside of my company on um, their, I guess their, what they have done for uh, for performance reviews and the sort of basic do's or don'ts. And uh, I, I truly hope that this over this open conversation will narrow down a sense of direction for anyone else going through their first performance review or even their, their, their like follow-up performance or even project reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and Brian, I think this is something that I should just mention. Um, and I, I hope you do agree with this. Uh, the, you know, the corporate culture and the methods of performance reviews, they, they seem to vary uh, between companies and managers alike. So I, I highly suggest that you, that you, the audience, think about the environment that you're in and consider your company, the company's strategic goals, the team goals, and the performance evaluation method as a baseline for creating your self-evaluations. Um, but the first thing I would like to say going into this conversation, um, and Brian, I would, I would love to hear your insights about this. Um, the first thing that I, the first blocker that I ran into was my confidence level going into a performance review. Um, I, I originally had a, had a, uh, the thought that performance reviews were not meant to be an open-ended conversation and they weren't meant to help you grow. They were simply a method to evaluate your yearly end bonus or your, um, I guess, your 
prerequisite qualifications for another project if you wanted to move up. But uh, I learned very quickly that that is not the case for 99% of cases in this world. Um, it's an open-ended conversation. And uh, remember that a performance review is, uh, isn't solely about your contrib contributions for that period. So a good manager will, at least in my opinion, and from my experience, will be a, an active listener who provides constructive feedback to your contributions and career goals. Yes, I would. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, I'll jump in with that. And thank you for for sharing those insights and thoughts. And you know, very, very much um, directed in the in the direction of some really good insights on you know the, the three elements you hit upon as far as you know company team and performance. Um, those all really do come together in what makes um, a year for an individual, uh, because as you know, we are all parts of a whole. Um, our contributions are significant in itself, and then our team and then our overall company's uh, position obviously come into all that. And I think that's such a great way to start, Chase, because I think sometimes um, that isn't even apparent when someone's going into these conversations that, you know, it, it is about them, but it is also about overall what, what, what your contributions fed to the rest of the success of the organizations. and. And also sometimes to the failures, right? Because if you had things that didn't go as planned when you first set that goal, that's okay too, as long as you learn from it. Um, and and that's the reality. We are not, you know, perfect robots that just, you know, proceed into our positions and deliver results all the time. There's challenges, sometimes goals and, and objectives that you have set are disrupted by, well, let's say it, COVID. Right? I mean, there's one right there that's disrupted everyone. Um, there's all the other elements that come into play. Um, but I, I really like the way you framed the whole thing around being confident. I think that it is that kind of scary moment where you're first opening that door, opening that WebEx, um, if it's a virtual conversation nowadays, and how do you start the conversation? But the advice that you shared about it's a two-way street, um, that it's a dialogue is really helpful. I'll tell you my experience has been of that nature um and generally um in the beginning of it it's you know i've shared sort of um i've been asked to share sort of my my highlights of what the three things i'm most proud of in the year and that usually triggers the conversation to go from there um yes i have it documented uh you know all the things i've achieved or done but i just love that way that i've had recently with my my manager is you know tell me the three things you're most proud of this year um, to start the conversation. So again, it's really a conversation. And with that sort of approach in mind, or if the person doesn't lead with that, maybe you lead if they say, you know, what do you want to talk about? Be confident and say, well, some of the, you know, three of the things I'm proud of this year are the following. So I, I love the the intro of this. Be confident first and 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 find that common ground of how you're going to discuss your performance and uh, what's next. Absolutely, and um, I I love that idea of starting the conversation off with with some highlights. I think that truly sets the intention for both you and the manager for the conversation to follow. Um, although I haven't done that myself, I I think I might this year. I, that sounds <laughs> it's that was that truly inspired me. Um, but speaking of highlights and uh, where to start off on a baseline for your performance evaluation, um, I as mentioned before. Um, considering the environment that you're in, but also considering 
a per some personal variables, um, I think is a great way to start if you needed to find um, if you are a little bit confused on where to to uh, to begin your your storyboard, I guess, for your performance reviews. So um, through my experience in my first year at RBC, I had uh, no idea about the the goals that were even set for me. My manager, um, he although they they set the the goals for me, they were not. Um, I guess when we talked on a periodic basis, basis. Um, he says we didn't actually discuss my goals throughout those meetings. So mm -hmm. by end year, I had to go back and look at the and at the goals that were set by my team lead, um, which in my opinion was a big mistake because I did not keep tabs on those goals. So one thing I would tell anyone right now is while you're preparing for a periodic and reviewer, if even if you're if you know one is going to be coming up, um, you know next next fiscal year, let's say. Continuously, continuously review those goals set by your team lead and just think about what is expected for you and for your team this year. Um, personal, like on a personal level, on a team level, on a, or even a company uh, on a company scope. Um, so the 1 thing that I would also say is to recall your, if you, if this is not your. 1st year, or if you are in the beginning of the period. Uh, for like, you know, your period end review, uh, recall, think about the, the perspective going into this period. Um, what are you, what are your expectations going into this period? Um, and if it was, you know, let's say you're reviewing the period before, how have you grown since that uh, since, you know, the, the period started, how have you flourished? What has changed? Think about all of those and that will help you. In, at least from my experience, it helps me focus on specific accomplishments to highlight them in some conversations. Yeah, and I, I think those are some great, great tips for the audience and listeners as you're thinking about this as, you know, maybe a student just, you know, getting your first review for the summer or like a new grad and, and it's your first experience. Um, there, there's, there are some pitfalls, right, that you need to be aware of and look at. And I, you know, I appreciate the openness of this conversation because I think it's also helpful to identify that, you know, it's a two way street, as we said, with communication, but it's also a two way street of responsibility. And so, you know, one of the things that that I, I do, and it might be something that, you know, might be helpful for you and for the audience going forward is, again, have that conversation about how it's going to work. Right? So, waiting to the end and then talking about everything and. You as an individual trying to write everything down, you, what you did for the past year, you're you're probably not going to remember anything. I've actually told my team, let's launch your goals, let's set them, let's talk about them, and then like I want you to either copy it into a word document, put it online, whatever you want to do. I don't I don't care where you keep it, but keep track of your accomplishments throughout the year. Jot them down so that when you go to put that storyboard together, as you called it, which is a great word you have parts of the story to tell instead of trying to recall every single thing that you want to talk about. And you might delete some stuff, but at least you have a running list of things. And the other thing I would say is, you know, Chase, have that conversation. Like if you were on my team, I would say, you know, what do you feel comfortable talking about your goals? Because I'm more than open to talk about it as frequently as you want. But maybe if we have biweekly calls, Maybe once a month or every two months, we actually make that call just be about your performance. Um, so actually setting an agenda for one of your like biweekly situations and calls with your manager and 
Um, I've set that stage for my team so they know, you know, each one wants it different. Some want it once a month, some want it every two months or every three months, but at least have a meeting structured on your calendar so that um, it is discussed along the way. And um, those are some other tips I'd like to add to your, to your wonderful advice that you just shared. I, I completely agree. And uh, I should have probably mentioned that the, the following, uh, the following fiscal year, in this case, this fiscal year, we, we did just that. We, I told my manager about my thoughts and feelings coming out of my initial performance review and, uh, we set some adjustments. So, um, and once every few periods, I would bring up my, uh, my learning and development plan and talk about where I've you know, what changes I've made along that path, along with any questions um, or comments or even requests for feedback from my manager. So uh, thank amazing. you. Thank you for talking about that. Um, yeah, no, amazing. And actually, one thing I would like to add on to that, um, and this was, again, another issue, an issue that I had this year going into my performance review was, um, at least for the first half of the year, I was focusing on the the high level of my learning and development plan and my team, my personal goals, my team goals, and even my company goals uh, or my functions goals. But I didn't focus, I didn't narrow down on the specifics for how I am going to visualize those goals come the periodic and or the period year end review. So what I would also say is, although you are, although it's great to just focus on the high level of the learning and development plan and tracking that on a periodic basis. Um, I would also say focus on specific measurable efforts and how they added value to those said goals. So focusing on accomplishments and showing how you can and understanding how to visualize the value, I think will really help you in the long run as uh, the issue that I ran into this year was for the first six months. I focused on just the high level and looking back at it into my year end review, I tried to visualize the specific accomplishments and I found it, I found um, that I had quite a few blockers attempting to do so because there were, uh, you know, time limits on data, on data availability, for example, um, or I lost my accesses were changed for certain for certain systems. So I wasn't able to access certain things, whereas I'm able to access different forms of data now. So what I would say is if you can capture the accomplishment and I guess a way to measure the value of that accomplishment for ahead of your period and review, um, especially while it's fresh in your mind, I highly recommend doing so. Um, and Brian, I don't know if you've had any experience yourself uh, trying to trying to visualize your, the value that you or your team has contributed. But I'm sure if you have, you can tell that the longer you wait, the harder it will be to, um, to really capture that value. Yeah. Yeah. It's super hard. And, 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 and also let's be honest, like, um, you know, they, there's always this expression, like people love to talk about themselves. And I, I often wonder, I'm like, people also don't love talking about themselves. I mean, I, you know, I, it, it, there's a happy in between, right? Um, and and when it comes to this, you need to be loud and proud about what you've accomplished, right? And and do it in a way that that's you know showing your your growth and be happy about your growth, right? Um, and you can do that without being. I don't know if you ran into this. It's like 
how boastful do I be? How do I share this? You know, do I use the word we when I actually did it myself? Um, that's a big one I've seen often is we often talk in terms of we did this and we did that. And this is a time to say I did this and I actually did this and I did that. Um, so I, I, I just want to mention that thought. I'm, I'm curious on your we versus I thing in a second. But one of the things I would say too is there's the, the acronym SMART. Um, and you'll see this for resume building, any career development offices, other people share the word SMART. And we love our acronyms, but SMART means having smart strategic objectives and goals so smart s being specific m being measurable a being achievable r being realistic and then finally t for a time frame so specific measurable achievable realistic and a time frame if you go in when you're setting those with those sort of smart ideas in mind it will help you with what you just said about how you tie it back to the valuable you know valuable work that you actually did but what do you think about the we versus I? Because I think sometimes we get caught in that that storyline. And sometimes I don't know if you felt like if it was something you actually did yourself and delivered on. Of course, we collaborate. But I think when you're you're articulating your your performance review, this also, you know, is a mindset that you have to kind of shift a little bit too to really talk up about yourself. It it is. And uh I, I completely see the the issue at hand as I've dealt with it myself throughout university, just through team projects, for example. Um, so I would notice that whenever I would defend myself, let's say I'm arguing for an increase in my mark, I would start using um, words like we, us, our, rather than I, my, and me. So um, I, I realized very quickly, my marks were not going up as I thought they would. And uh, I was wondering why. And I thought to myself, maybe it's because I wasn't confident enough to take possession of that responsibility and um, that accomplishment itself. So yes, I do believe that strongly believe that you should take ownership for the accomplish accomplishments that you were responsible for it, right. it's also it is good to show that you work as a team but that is shown in other forms as well as you know the day-to-day -day application um, while you're working with uh, your team and your manager the year-end performance review is it may have a little bit to do with your team if you had team goals and company goals but a lot of it is about your performance your growth and your your goals for the next period review, so or the next period end. So I, I highly agree with you there. I like what you uh, said about taking possession, right? It it, it is truly doing that. It, taking it, possession it truly is. is, and it's uh, it's it truly is a hard mindset to shift if you're in that uh, non possessive sort of mindset. Um, but it's it just takes a little bit of active effort and uh, maybe some. I have from actually for myself ahead of my first performance review, I didn't I didn't mention this previously. I actually meditated on my ahead of my performance review and just thought about the intention going into my year end review and what I felt like was a just statement for my accomplishments. And that's actually where um, I, I told myself to take a little bit more possession and uh, truly appreciate the work that I've done a little bit more as some people are a, including myself, um, a do not take possession of their 
their individual tasks or B, they undervalue it. So um, just having that confidence and that intention going in to that conversation in that draft, uh, I think really makes the difference. Um, and speaking and speaking of drafts, um, I would like to say uh, once you once you focus on your specific goals and accomplishments, as I've as we've mentioned before, um, as we talked about before, shall I say, uh, the the next thing that I would highly suggest to people, and I think although people do is a very common practice, I still think that this suggestion is underutilized. I I highly suggest gaining feedback from multiple um, stakeholders and peers and partners that you've collaborated with on your drafts about your contributions for year end. Um, I think just on the baseline, they can help you with basic level peer editing. But a lot of, from my experience, I have noticed a lot of other people have included additional comments on my contributions as to how it affected the team outside of my perspective. Um, so just going in there, getting getting some some feedback from your peers um, and taking at least entertaining and taking into consideration their perspective ahead of your performance review I, is a, was a crucial step for me coming into the for my first performance review. Um, and again, going into my second one, which is going to be next month, um, I continuously am contacting multiple stakeholders to ask for their their opinions on certain accomplishments that I've done over the past year. Uh, Brian, what are your what are your thoughts on what I just said there? Yeah, amazing insights and sharing that. Thank you for sharing that idea because um, it the multiple stakeholder piece is so important. Um, you know the. The peer reviews um, are so important, um, and and I feel like what you just shared about how it helped you frame yourself going into the conversation is, you know, here I'm going to get a little tactical, but if the review is set for end of November, and you reach out to the your stakeholders on November 28th, uh, you know, that's not really going to work, right? <laughs> uh, so also back up from the timelines and and when you want to have feedback, you know, so that you can get some of that input and some of that feedback and give them time to work on it because they may be in, inputting to others as well. Um, I think sometimes again, back to the scheduling, and I'm, I'm sorry, this is going a little tactical, but with the scheduling of performance reviews and thinking about that, you really have to think about your stakeholders and peers too. And, what's on their plate. And if you really want some valuable insights or information, you have to give them time to create it. Um, and one thing I would say in the creation is I've learned and I've provided this to my team was, you know, create a bit of a template that you can send out, you know, you know, you know, saying your, your feedback is, is appreciated. You know, I'm, my year end is approaching. I want some insights and feedback. If you don't mind sharing with me and my manager um, and, and make sure you also kind of give them what to focus on. And, and one thing I'll leave, this comment I'm making on with is be sure to include your areas of strengths and your areas of opportunity for feedback as, as a, a touch point. Because if you just get all of the great things that you're doing, the strengths, um, this is a time to also find out what are your opportunities or areas of opportunities. And again, um, that's also going to help you to what you said earlier, Chase, about planning for the future, right? And, and having those conversations and to be able to have that insight from someone you've worked with to share with your boss directly 
um, is going to give you some help on maybe you need some more additional development plans or other things that you want to focus on or whatever you may want to do for the upcoming year. But definitely be sure to give people enough time and then also maybe help them in, you know, not the format, but the content. So, you know, areas of strengths, areas of opportunities um, might be a helpful way to get that feedback. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there. And uh, thank you for talking about that. That's uh, asking for my opportunity or I guess opportunities to improve is uh, it's still something that I have to work on. So um, it, I think that's a great idea to contact your peers and sp specify that you also want them to identify areas of improvement as well um, from those peers. Um, so I'd like to frame it too by saying, and and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, oh, no it's like area, areas of opportunities. Um, I, I've seen multiple review, like you can go Google, like review documents and what that's, what's out there as far as different organizations. And, you know, areas of opportunities is a nice way that doesn't say, you know, typically, even when you're interviewing for jobs, I don't particularly like when people say, okay, well, your areas of strengths are, but tell me about your areas of weakness. And, you know, when you mm -hmm. use the word weakness or you use a different word, it, it doesn't feel all that great, but it also doesn't um, necessarily give you that opportunity. It can give you that opportunity to prove. So I, I, I know I'm really getting like specific on choice of words, but I love the idea of areas of strength and areas of opportunity because weakness instead of opportunity can be um, seen as a negative um, and, and also something that someone may not feel comfortable replying to. Um, in, and in, it, oh, sorry to cut you off. It actually no. might even set, set the person depending on the area, the timing and the context as to how that area of opportunity was presented. It might put someone on the defensive rather than being more open to that area of opportunity as well. Yeah, I'm sure you're, fi you're, you're finding that going through your preparation and your reviews and as you, you know, share your lessons today with the audience and, and folks is it, words matter, right? So I think that that's, that's just where I, I, I wanted to share that last, last little tidbit. Thank you. Um, and the, the next thing I would like to say is, uh, uh, we, we talked about the, the basics so far, just talking about the. The high level goals with the visualizations for accomplishments, but I, I think a lot of people that um, are coming into large corporations and the people that I've talked to, the peers that have talked to me going into my performance review, um, noticed that there is a very common issue about under highlighting the ways that you've adapted and grown throughout the period um, through internal opportunities with that are directly related to your role or potentially internal or external opportunities that are extracurricular to your role. Um, some examples may include learning or volunteering um, outside of your role or even volunteering or learning within your role's mandate to perform a project that you may be uncomfortable with. So I would say as uh, another start as a sort of second portion to my performance review experience, um, I would first gain my accomplishments and tasks in a visualized basis, but then I would start to focus more on the ways that I've changed throughout the period itself. And I think that it was a, that was the sort of baseline thought that I would have 
going into that second portion. But I would love to hear your thoughts, Brian, on how what you think about uh, that statement as a baseline going into um, talking about areas of opportunities or areas of growth throughout a period. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree with what you just said. The the one thing I'll just add is um, lived experiences are as important as learned experiences, and those lived experiences can be through things like volunteering, where you actually are gaining skills. So absolutely include that um, uh, internally and externally to what you're doing, and it really shows your leadership um, in in further growth of yourself. So absolutely agree. Perfect. Um, and as we just mentioned before, while talking about areas of growth, you also want to talk about the areas of opportunities that you've identified or you've had your someone else point out through peer reviews. Um, but I would also state that it's it's great to be honest. Um, so not trying to uh, just having that again, that open conversation and that honesty and that genuine intention set for your performance uh, review will truly help your manager uh, gain empathy for what for you in your position. But the manager will also respect your ability to identify areas of opportunity um, with and they will understand the active effort that was put behind the thought within the conversation itself. Um, so I would say that um, if in my case, for my examples, uh, my first performance review, I was running into issues with a project. I didn't really have a lot of experience with VBAs. So when I took a look into um, Excel macros for the first time in three, four years, I, I ran into a lot of troubles. And those troubles um, I talked about in my performance review and although the manager understood that, you know, this would is something that needs to change, uh, he was very respectable. He was a very respectable guy. He was he really approached it on a very empathetic uh, position, and he also offered me projects in the future for future periods to help me improve on that area of opportunity. Um, so just. Again, truly going in with that intention and being honest with your areas of opportunities that you want to discuss with your manager, I think is a great next step. 100% and I think what you just said is, if I were to say a comment would just be really quick would be transparency leads to opportunities. Um, that's what I think, despite the fact that you said that, look how it was identified and look what came from that. So absolutely. Awesome. And um, once you focus, and as we just mentioned in the the previous two uh, little subjects there, uh, we've talked about um, ta uh, discussing your areas of your opportunities where you've grown throughout your role and your opportunities, your areas of opportunities that you've highlighted. Um, and again, if you compiled those and thought about them and edited them to gain second level insights, take that draft and once again, ask for feedback from from stakeholder, relevant stakeholders. Um, I, I also believe that separating um, your a period review into multiple rounds of evaluations um, requires, uh, requires less extensive focus for each subject for the peers, which leads to a more responsive form of feedback rather than a convenient form of feedback. As Brian mentioned previously, going like not being uh, 
not understanding your peers going into that request of asking them to do a peer review uh, may lead to a rushed review that didn't have a lot of um, didn't have any valuable insights because or at least a small amount of valuable insights because it was a rushed review um, rather if you took that that opportunity to really take extra time and give the peers the environment they need to truly give you that valuable level of feedback um, it, it can it can go a long way in a periodic review and even for your career depending on uh, who, who's giving the reviews um, Brian, do you have anything to say about what I just mentioned there? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think having that, you know, second round of of insights is also super important. So now I'm just I'm if you we were in person, you'd see me. I'm shaking my head and smiling at all the advice you're sharing. It's great. Awesome. Um, and with that, before I want to move on to generating a self evaluation, is there anything else, Brian, that you think should go into a self-evaluation, assuming it's something like a year-end review or a project-end review, um, is there anything that you, you may want to highlight before moving on to generating a, uh, a periodic yeah. review? No, I think you've done an awesome job of summarizing sort of the preparation steps and the reflection steps, and um, I think everything you've shared is, is valuable insights um, and uh, and practical as well. So um, I don't I don't have anything else to add at this point. No, I think you've you've really summarized very well. Awesome. Um, and actually, this is uh, going into a very similar subject or a very uh, personal subject. Um, there is a in my my experience right now at the end of my this coming up uh, this coming performance review. Um, there is a potential opportunity for a career move for me. So. Um, this year, on top of everything that I just mentioned, I'm also trying to focus on something that I haven't put into my previous reviews throughout projects and uh, inside or outside of RBC, and that is my unique value add for my position and my team. So what do I add that is unique relative to anyone else in my team? It doesn't have to be unique in the sense of I'm irreplaceable. Um, it's more of a sense of what is my my brand, I would say, for um, for for me as a team member. Um, so I don't know if you have any experience with that, Brian. I'm asking from a point sure. of uh, from just requesting feedback and insights myself as I'm going through this for my first time. But what are your thoughts on providing a uh, perspective on your someone's unique value add? I'm so glad you introduced this as part of the conversation because it's it's so important. And I think as as the, as things are shifting, um, and from a talent management perspective, you see more and more um, things focused on values and skills versus credentials. And you know, I have a lot of podcasts where we talk about that, but I want to frame it in what you just asked. And what I mean is your unique values, as you said. Um, if you think, um, and, and sometimes people wonder. Okay, what is my values? Who am I? Not what you do. Who are you? Who are you at the core? And I myself have gone through the last year or two some pretty, pretty great intensive sort of executive coaching with someone around values and and what that means. And I've been able to come out the other end to maybe share a few thoughts with us here. And one of the things I would be first do is to sit down and think about what your values are at the core. What makes you you? 
Um, and as you think about those, those should be at top of mind as you're working through all of the things like a review and other things. Um, so, for example, if I was to ask you, Chase, you, you know, who are you? What are your values? You might first lead with, well, you know, I work at so and so company in this position and I went to this school and and that's sort of what you did or what you do. But if you think of the values um, for, and I'll share of the three that come to mind that I always use. So I say I'm adventurous, which is adventurous and risk taking. Um, I'm authentic in my approach. So no matter who I'm working with, um, I am who I am. Um, and I'm also a creator and a builder. Like I love to rip things apart, put it back together, hopefully leave it better than it was before. Um, so if my values are like adventurous, creator, builder, and um, authentic, then I can take those three words or a couple words and then articulate skills and or, um, as you put it here, you know, uh, the specific values that I've added in the role, my unique value adds will come from those values of me as an individual. So um, hopefully that gives some insights and some thoughts for you and, and for the audience around, you know, first take the time to to look at it. And this is going to sound like interesting too, because when I went through this exercise, I had things in my head and and then I also like looked up, you know, what are what are personal values? And as I started reading lists and lists of things, certain words jumped out and I started to attach myself to those words and realized these were my values. But sometimes just sitting and, and staring out the window and thinking about it is sometimes more difficult than maybe at looking at a bunch of lists of values and then kind of coming up with your own version or your own, you know, top three things that make you you. I, I unquestionably agreed here. I, I think just as I mentioned before, uh, I was like, I found meditating before my performance review, even like a month before my performance review, I found to provide multiple levels of insight as you, you get stuck with your own thoughts. And it just, I get into this in my experience, I've gone into this abstract sort of, uh, mess where I had to redefine or, or sort of for the first time, truly define something just based on my thoughts and not off of another resource that I'm looking at. Um, and I, I truly find that valuable, um, that piece of advice. I was even thinking on a more somewhere in between that tactical point of view that you mentioned where you talk about your position and, or I guess the hard skill focused um, point of view versus your your character attributes. I was somewhere, I was actually presenting my personality um, somewhere in the middle where I talk about stakeholder engagement and relationship management and just Absolutely. creating an environment to build on, but even broadening that view may provide a lot of value. So I will, I will truly think about that right after this podcast and, uh, and reflect yeah, on that, it. And let's catch up on that separately for sure. Cause when I did that exercise and even some of it was like, of course, as I knew I'm like a adventurous risk taker when it even comes to my work and my life and and it's just at the core, but it also comes out in the way I approach solutioning, uh, you know, experiences for students, right? So um, that, yeah, I'd love to chat more about that and maybe come back into another podcast just on that alone and what you discovered. That sounds great. Um, but going on to this, uh, now that we've <laughs> sort of, uh, we've built a baseline for generating a self-evaluation, which is, you know, discussion, discussing goals and accomplishments, um, areas of improvement, areas of opportunities, uh, and even your unique value add. Um, 
something that I am also doing as of this year is I'm starting to think about the goals that I want to put in for the next period and uh, jot it down with some, just some initial scratch ideas um, just to show that engagement, but also to, to finish up that storyboard, to not talk about just the period, but um, to talk about the period to come. Um, I think it just has, it just sets the right intention for that next period. And it, it, I think it will may also help me throughout my year end review to sort of optimize my storyboard to, to go along the trajectory that I want to go into. So, um, uh, Ryan, now that we've talked about generating self evaluations, I would like to ask you on your perspective about receiving constructive feedback from your manager. So once you've generated a self-evaluation and your manager takes a look and thinks about um, everything that you've done and inputs his own comments, what are your, what are your thoughts as, uh, as to how to take constructive feedback and um, just how to break it down into an actionable series of, or set of, um, yeah, just something that's actionable, I would say. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think back to your point of two way street conversation communication, this is an ongoing process, uh, ongoing conversation. And I think that the thing I would just say is be open minded, be open minded to listening and listening, not to reply necessarily to this right away, um, but listening to the constructive feedback and even saying, you know, I, I want to digest some of this and and think through what would be my next steps, because sometimes we want to quickly reply to something we hear, especially when it's constructive feedback. Sometimes, as you said earlier, you can go on the defensive mode or you can go into a, a different mindset. So listen with the intent to listen, um, take note of it. And you can even say to yourself, like, or to your manager or to who you're working with is, you know, this, thank you for this. I know it's sometimes challenging to talk about, you know, areas of improvement and and constructive feedback of things that maybe didn't go so well. But if we're all lifetime learners, then we need to open our minds to being able to hear this and then also being able to not take it uh, personally, but as an opportunity to improve as an individual. And uh, something that I have been focusing on myself is active listening and active reflecting. And something that I've learned along the way is sometimes no response is a response in and of itself um, showing that you're absorbing that comment and reflecting on it and not providing an immediate response sometimes just for the sake of providing a response um, i like that a lot that is a yeah. huge piece of advice from you to the audience and to everyone listening like a hundred percent that is something um and, and it's sometimes it's like exactly what you said is the right thing to do and then there's sort of sometimes an awkward silence where maybe the person also that gave the constructive feedback is saying oh did i lose them right so it's again just having and this is tough when we're not always physically together is those uh, is this and uh, is uh your your um where's i'm going with this you know when you when you're not when you're physically together you can see body language that's what i'm looking for and sometimes yeah. on like this is done virtually I love, I really like what you said is I much respect and I have to do it with my own self constantly is, is have that active listening skill and also to allow myself to reflect and to think. And, um, and so 
if 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 you you do need that time, you know, maybe that like you said, no response is, is fine, and and maybe just to let them know, you know, thank you for this. It's it's helpful, and I I I'm gonna think more about what I can do here or something like that. Just to so it's not like dead air, right? Exactly. Um, and yeah, I've 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 noticed that myself as and coming from a uh, perspective where both of my parents are teachers, and I've had some um, opportunities to to be a teacher's assistant and a guest lecturer uh, at some colleges. Sometimes when there's dead air and from that experience, um, I like to go right onto the defensive. I like to go <laughs> right to the next slide without letting people digest and just getting comfortable with that level of that uncomfortable situation. Um, it, it doesn't only help yourself, it can help the people that you're talking to. So uh, for sure, and also for sure, definitely being in a, a actual physical being physically together to see that body language to show how um, they're digesting that information through nonverbal communication uh, really does go go a long way. So um, <laughs> it's been it's definitely been interesting adapting to that throughout the pandemic. Yeah, the um, digital world of this is a little bit more. It, it brings you need different, like you said, active listening. You have to actually heighten some skills to to get it ro rolling. <laughs> It is um, and complete aside here. I was actually watching this uh, Netflix series It's a pretty, pretty well known series. It's called Midnight Mass. Have you heard of it, Brian? No, I have not. It's a, it's a, it's sort of a horror mystery based limited series, but the director is known for uh, character development through very intimate monologues, except something I noticed was when the, the character was giving a 3 to 5 minute monologue. They zoom in on the character so you can't see the rest of the stage, including the character, the other characters who are listening to that person. So I've noticed just from that perspective, not having nonverbal forms of body language from the like the rest of the characters really made that dead that sort of uh, that monologue a little bit awkward because you don't know how everyone else is taking the information. It's just something I've just noticed it myself and I was asking other people and they noticed the same thing with this specific series. So if you ever want to give it a, a watch, it is a little bit uh, horrific, I would say. So um, do keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, that's, it, I just thought of that from our conversation. Um, yeah, the it's only an insight, right? That's really cool. It's, you're right. It's uh, what's going on around it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, after generating or going through that meeting with your manager, um, I would say the the only other thing that I would like to add on as a final tip from my perspective is really continue to track on, tra to identify ways to track your progress in a more unbiased way, I guess, a method. Um, so improving or creating new forms of tracking, um, finding more opportunities to gain those second level insights to in an active, with active critical thinking, I think is the next thing that uh, that really helped me improve year over year throughout my performance reviews. Um, just because you know you you just got out of the meeting, everything is fresh in your mind. Um, taking that time to reflect on how your your visualization, your storyboard was created, and the resources behind creating it uh, to to improve on for your next period review, I think truly goes a long way. Um, but is there anything you would like to add on to that as a post 
um, a, I guess your initial post review for a, a period end review. Uh, just, I, I think it's a great tip and I great, great insights from yourself to share with everyone. Um, and I think sometimes that's, um, it, it sometimes can also feel, I sometimes can feel like uh, allowing the time for that in the discussion is super important. Otherwise, if you don't like start to continuing thinking about what's next and how you're going to take track, take ownership of that. I like the way that you use ownership. Um, you, make sure you have time and make sure you plan for it. That would be my biggest uh, comment to that, to that uh, feedback and insights that you just shared. Um, but yeah, no, great, great thoughts there. Great thoughts, Chase. Thank you so much. No worries. I, that's everything that I have to share based on my, my, um, my experiences. And I hope that the audience, um, found some form of insight or, uh, at least how this conversation helped them narrow down a, um, their direction as to where they want to go for their performance review. And, uh, I hope Brian, that you found this conversation insightful or valuable for anyone that you are mentoring, uh, throughout. The remainder of, uh, this period or the next. Absolutely. I, I can't think of a better, better conversation, uh, to have with you chase and the fact that it is November and it's career month in Canada. What an amazing topic chunk chock full of advice and insights and thoughts. And, um, you just, you just nailed it in this, in this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing everything you have. Um, and, um, I don't know if you had any little. You know, I mean, you had so much to share. I don't know if you have any parting final words before we end the podcast, but, um, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being part of uh, this experience, but also part of career month for Canada. Yeah, I, I would just like the, my final parting words would just be, you know, another thank you for hosting this podcast and thank you to your listeners for, to the listeners for participating in our discussion today. Absolutely. So. To that point, for our listeners, if you have liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until next time, please stay well.